Brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hello and welcome back to NO and JB Sports Pedigree. We're back to provide an insight on a wide variety of sports topics. NCAA hoops, NFL football, NBA, MLB, anywhere in between. Our goal is not only to give you some real and honest opinion and perspective, but we're going to have some fun while doing it. And uh, maybe even more importantly, we hope you have fun right along with us. So let's not waste any more time. I am JB. And I am the one and only N.O. What's up, N.O.? Nothing much, man. Just, <laughs> you mean, whenever we get on here and we do this podcast, I'm ready to talk sports. Absolutely. Ready to dive into whatever subject matter we have planned for that given show. And I'm ready to entertain. Yes, sir. What do you want to kick it off with this week? JB. We know we do the top five segments on a regular basis, and we've been moving along in the baseball realm of things. Yes, sir. How about we do our top five catchers of all time? I'm in. Sounds good to me. JB, when you talk about the catcher position, to me, catcher being somebody who didn't play a lot of baseball going, it just looks like one of the most grueling positions in baseball in terms oh, it of is. how they have to stand, in terms of getting hit all over the place with the ball. Like, just everything about it. And then to have to get up at the plate, having to throw guys out at second and third base, having to always worry about that, kind of the leader on the field that can kind of see everything from, I mean, think about it. You're the one player who's facing the opposite direction of everybody else on your team. So Absolutely. it's a different type of position. And, you know, catcher position is one that I respect. JB. Yep. Yes, top sir. five catchers of all time. There's a lot of great catchers out there. so. How did you decide your top five? Well, just to piggyback a little bit on what you said, uh, catcher position is maybe the most important defensive position on the field. It, it's probably, mm -hmm. you know, you could make an easy case for that because not only uh, are you responsible for handling the pitching staff, um, mm -hmm. calling pitches more often than not, you control the base running, maybe not as important as it was say 10 or 15 years ago, but still an important part of it. But as you mentioned, leadership, uh, oftentimes you're, you're looked to as a leader. And, you know, the hitting piece, it's almost as if, you know, a great hitter as a catcher, it's like a bonus. Um, so, you know, for my list, it's a combination. Um, there may be some guys that I don't have on my list offensively that may stick out that I just didn't mm -hmm. stack up all around um, like the guys that I have. So, Well, let me ask you, JB, who's number five on your list? All right. Let's go back and forth with Let's it. do this. My number five catcher of all time is Gary Carter. Okay. Gary Carter played 19 years. Uh, he played for the Expos and the Mets mainly. Um, he was a 6'2", 205-pound guy, 11-time All-Star three-time gold glover and five-time silver slugger. Now, I will say, and I think I said this briefly maybe when we were talking about pitchers, that the gold glove and silver slugger, some of these awards weren't around prior to, I want to say the 60s, but mm, okay. that being said, uh, three gold gloves, five silver sluggers, pretty solid. Uh, career 262 hitter, 324 home runs and 1,225 ribbies. He had nine seasons with over 20 home runs 
and four seasons with over 100 RBI and uh, actually led the league in 1984. And you know, for me, one of my sneaky important stats that I always look at, hey, OPS. Another, another, seg another segment we need to come back to soon. <laughs> the OPS, <laughs> which is a combination of on-base percentage and slugging, kind of gives you an idea of how well-rounded of a hitter someone is. Uh, his career OPS was 773, which is uh, wow. very solid, especially for that position when you look uh, uh, up and down the list. So number five for me all time, Gary Carter. JB, that was a nice start. My number five catcher of all time is much more of an offensive catcher. Okay. At a career 308 batting average, JB. 427 home runs, 1,335 RBIs, career OPS of 922. JB, Ooh. do you know who it is? I'm pretty sure it's Mike Piazza, Mr. Pizza. Mike Piazza. We talking about Sorry. tops all time in home runs by a catcher. In 1997, he batted. <laughs> I had to laugh before I said it's batting average. Okay. 362. Wow. With 201 hits for the Dodgers. 12-time All-Star, 10-time Silver Slugger. I couldn't leave him off the list, JP. Couldn't <sighs> leave Mike Piazza off. Yeah, I, I did, and I had a hard time doing it, but I did because, uh -huh. you know, he did play a lot of first base later, and I can't argue with him having he him did. on there. He did, he did. he could just, you know. The hitting aspect of the game, he certainly was great, so. Nothing wrong with that. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, uh, my number four catcher of all time is a boo boo, Yogi Berra. <laughs> hey. Um, so again, this is uh, Yogi played when there was really no, um, there was no Gold Glove, and uh, that award wasn't given out. Uh, a lot of the folks. Experts, if you look, say he probably would have gotten him some had there had there been. Uh -huh. uh, he played 19 yep, years, mostly with the Yankees. He was a little guy, 5'7", 185 pounds at the catcher position. Mm. 18 All-Star games in his 19 years. Now, of course, I think a lot of that wow. has to do with playing in New York, just saying. But yeah, of course. the guy also won three MVPs. And from 1950 to 1956, he was top four in MVP voting all of those years. Wow. Pretty incredible. Uh, 285 career batter, which is, I mean, that's excellent. 358 mm -hmm. homers, 1,430 ribbies, career OPS of 830. Again, very good. Uh, he had 10 seasons in a row of over 20 home runs and five in a row of over 100 runs batted in. Obviously, all these guys are Hall of Famers, uh, but I'll mention he was a Hall of Famer, and he actually won 10 World Series with the Yankees. That's just, that's just stupid. But, uh, yeah, Yogi Berra is number four on my list. JB, I'm going to just go ahead and uh, say ditto. Uh, hey, that look at that. was my number four catcher of all time, and you literally took all the stats that I had written Sorry down about that, buddy. And that's completely fine because 358 home runs, 1,430 RBIs. You can repeat these stats because they're so excellent. Yes, sir. A catcher who won three MVPs, JB. Yeah, that's crazy, uh, ain't it? 10 MV 10 World Series championships? JB. Crazy. Yogi Berra. I'm pretty sure he played the last year of his career on the Mets. Yep. And the you're first right. 18 was with the he Yankees. All, so he was all in, in New York every year though. Yogi Berra, JB. Yeah, man. Number people four sleep, catcher of people all time. sleep on him and, and a lot of these guys. You want to go ahead with your number three and go back and forth that way? Of course, of course, JB. We're talking about a guy who played 24 seasons and was inducted into Dang. the 2000 
Hall of Fame. JB, Carlton Fisk is my number three catcher of all wow. time. 2,356 hits, 376 home runs, 1,330 RBI. JB, the longevity got him this high on my list. I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up, JB. Mm. 24 seasons. It's a long We're time, talking about man. consistent excellence. Famously closed out the 1975 World Series with the home run. JB, 11-time All-Star, one gold glove award, so he could play defense as well. Three silver sluggers. He played, JB, <laughs> he played from 1969 to 1993. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> it's just dumb. <laughs> 1969. Uh, Come on, man. It's that position, too. Three. The grueling nature of it. You're right. Um, and definitely had that iconic moment. Uh, well, I'm, you know, based on your, I'm pretty sure we're probably gonna have similar as a top couple. I think my number three might surprise you and maybe some folks. Okay. Uh, number three on my list is Roy Campanella. Okay. Roy Campanella played 11 seasons in the majors in Brooklyn. Previously, uh, he was in uh, the Negro Leagues, actually. So he, he played, mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna count those stats. Um, Again, he played before gold gloves, but he was an excellent defender. He was 5'9", 190, another pretty small guy. In his 11 seasons, eight All-Stars and three MVPs as a catcher. Again, wow, uh, pretty ridiculous. This guy could rake. Uh, 861 OPS is the highest of anybody on my list of catchers. Obviously not as high as Mr. Pizza, but... Uh, <laughs> For his career, <laughs> uh, he hit 283, 260 home runs, and a 1,107 RBIs in just 11 major league seasons. He had 142 RBIs in one year and seven years of over 20 home runs. Roy Campanella, very underrated, uh, but not on my list. He's number three for me. That's good. That's good stuff, JB. I am a little surprised, but listen, all these guys were incredible players, JB. Who you got for number two? Number two on my list, none other than Ivan Pudge Rodriguez. Man, one of the years. greatest of all time. Huh? One of the greatest of yes, all time. Yes, absolutely. 21 years in the majors. Now, I will say, you know, his last eight, not nearly as productive offensively, but was always right, a stalwart. Right on defense, 5'9", 205, dude was built like a running back. Uh, amazing on defense, 14-time All-Star and 13-time Gold Glove winner, ridiculous. Sheesh. Also, so, seven Silver Slugger awards. He did win an MVP in 1999. Uh, in that season, he batted 332 with 35 home runs and 113 RBIs. You said what? Yeah. 332? 332 that season. Now, that was the only time he hit over 100 ribbies, but pretty ridiculous. He also had 25 steals that year as a catcher. What? Isn't that crazy? 25 steals. And, he, and his name was Pudge. <laughs> his name was Pudge, which is funny. I think that was a... Uh, 25 steals. Yeah, I think that that was a kind of one of those like backwards nicknames because the dude was like all muscle. Um, got you. Got you. 296 career batter. That's just amazing. Uh, 311 home runs, 1,332 ribbies. Career OPS of 798. Um, when you're pushing 800 there, that's really good. Uh, had an N NLCS MVP. Uh, and during his prime, he had eight straight seasons hitting over 300. 
Um, I believe he's got the most hits on my list anyway, 2,844. And of course, Hall of Famer Pudge Rodriguez is number two on my list. What do you got? Yes, sir. The only thing I got to add, because Pudge is number two on my list as well, is hey. that his caught stealing percentage, 45.68%. What is it again? What? 45.68 caught stealing percentage. And wow. that just plays to what an incredible defensive player he was. And you think about a guy in the 90s, late 90s, 2000s, that was a catcher winning an MVP. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Goodness gracious, man. That MVP season was incredible. And Pudge Rodriguez was a guy that you always had to um, account for in every aspect of the game. And he was the leader on his teams. For and, sure. Um, incredible player. However, it is time to move on to our number one catcher of all time, JB. You know. I'm 100% sure that we could say this at the same time. You want to do I it? I know we have the same person. Let's do it. We're going to try to do it. Three, two, one. Johnny, Johnny Bench. Bench. <laughs> Cincinnati's he played, Yes, sir. He played from 1967 to 1983, amassing 389 home runs, 1,376 RBIs. He also had 2,048 hits. He won that. See, and this is where it gets incredible for me. He won the NL MVP in 1970 and 1972 yep. because of his two-way ability. Like, the big red machine team. When you talk about a, a team that had Joe Morgan, Pete Rose, and these guys on there, and he was the MVP of that team, goodness yep. gracious, J.B. The leader. He won, he won gold gloves consecutively from 1968 to 1977. That's 10 straight. Man. He was over 100 RBIs six times, most notably in 1970, when he had 148 ribbies to go along with 45 dingers. Crazy, bro. Four-time World Series champ was known for his giant hands. Yep. No other catcher, in my opinion, even remotely compares JB. What do you have to add nah. to this greatness? I mean, yeah, like you said, magnificent arm. This dude, I mean, before Benito Santiago, if anybody remembers him, he was throwing, he could throw dudes out from his knees at second. And uh, you mentioned his hands. He could hold five baseballs in his hand, you know. I, wow. Try to do that. What? See how many baseballs, you know, <laughs> one of these days. Go out in the yard, whatever. Go down in the garage, get out some baseballs. See how many you can fit in your hands. It's crazy. Um, he was six one, a buck ninety seven in his prime. You know, pretty mm. just solid muscle. All seventeen years with the red legs. Uh, Fourteen time All Star in those seventeen years. I believe you mentioned most other things. He had another season with 40 home runs, which again, pretty unheard of for catchers. Uh, he was Insane. also a World Series MVP and his career OPS of 817. Johnny Bench, um, I believe you've asked just about anybody who's watched the game of baseball and they're probably gonna tell you Johnny Bench is the best catcher of all time. And um, yeah. That concludes unless our they got, Unless they got pictures. some Cincinnati. Yeah, they're going to say that unless they got some Cincinnati Reds jealousy in their blood. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Maybe maybe some fans of teams that we destroyed in those World Series back in the 70s. Very well could be. Or, or even some uh, A's fans. I know they're still not probably fond of us either. So we, what? We uh the broomsticks out on huh? those guys. Yep. The broomsticks were brought out on those guys. But yes, JB. Sir. Yes, Let's sir. talk about tennis. Talk about these tennis majors that are in full swing. Tennis. All right, let's do it. 
<laughs> I will with uh, the recently let you talk about the uh I'm sure you know quite a bit more than me, so I'm gonna let you kick it off. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about tennis majors and with the recently completed French Open, Roland Garros and Wimbledon upcoming, the youth movement on the women's side coincided with the championship match, the French Open JB, having a combined age of 39 years old. Combined age of 39. Wow. We're talking about Coco Golf, the 18-year-old American and 21-year-old Polish player Iga Swiatek. In this match, Swiatek was looking for her 35th consecutive match win. Unfortunately, for the American Coco, Swiatek got the job done in straight sets. She's the eighth women's player of all time to reach this 35 match win streak. 35? Actually, That's crazy. Baby, 35. Actually tying the great one, Serena Williams. She has a long way to go, though, JB, before she reaches eh, somebody like Chrissy oh, Everett's 55 yeah. or Margaret Court's 57. Or how about Steffi Groff's 66? How about wow. Martina Navratilova's 77? Wow. She's That's actually insane. taking some time off. It is, JB. She's taking time off and missing some tourneys prior to the next major tourney, Wimbledon. And I'll be keeping a close eye on her as well as the Williams sisters, more specifically Serena, who most people know is my favorite women's tennis player. I was a bit late, JB. Mm. Not a, I have to admit, I was a bit late in recognizing that Serena was not participating in Rolling Girls. So hopefully... We can see a fresh version of her in Wimbledon looking for that record tying 24th. Let's hope so. No one I think knows. she's going to get there. I, I think she's going to get there too. And what I've recently heard is that she'll be getting a wild card into Wimbledon. They gave her a wild card. So Serena will be playing at Wimbledon. So in upcoming shows, be looking for some, you know, Wimbledon talks right and hopefully serena williams get it is right around the corners generally happens um you know during that during that holiday called um independence day yes sir yes sir and you know as far as the men go um there's not a whole lot of names to talk about to be honest with you right now it's all rafa nadal um uh-huh dude's just dominating and how old is he i mean he's getting up there right he's been around i feel like forever yes so Nadal yes. is looking for his third Grand Slam in a row this year when he heads to Wimbledon. Um, he is. Just dominating. He already now, after the French Open, which he's won 14 times, he now has 22 all-time. That's two more Oof. than anybody else. <clears throat> yes, sir. Two more yes, sir. than Federer as well as the Joker. Now, obviously... Djokovic was not able to play earlier this year due to some COVID protocols. So I'm sure he's going to have something to say uh, when it comes to Wimbledon. Also, uh, Mr. Alvarez, as well uh -huh. as the number one and two players in the world, Medvedev and Zverev. But uh, for me, the way he's playing right now, my money's on Rafa to uh, get it done and you know, then head into the end of the year looking for the sweep. Absolutely, JB. And actually, I'm going to continue talking about men's tennis in my personal segment, JB. All right. So a segue segues right into it, JB. It's, it's kind of short and sweet. Three current male tennis players have dominated the game worldwide for a long time, JB. Yes, sir, Obviously, they have. 
The three men I'm referring to are Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, and Novak Djokovic. We're talking about, as you kind of alluded to, a combined 61 tennis major championships. It's crazy. There's only four majors per year. So in the last 20 years, there's only been 80 total opportunities to win tennis majors. Rafael Nadal turned pro in 2001. Novak turned pro in 03. Roger, he's been pro since 98. Where am I going with this? Think about the hundreds and quite honestly, thousands of pro players within the last 20 years who have had opportunities to win titles and only 19 other titles have been won outside of the big three That's in crazy. the last 20 years. That's another, there's another feat, JB, that's just as impressive, and you're not gonna believe what I'm gonna tell you right now. All right. Daniil Medvedev, the 26-year-old Russian, replaced Novak Djokovic as the men's world number one player, and German star Alex Verev is number two currently. JB, this is the first time since 2003 that none of the big three are in one or both of the top two spots in the world. Let me repeat that sentence. Wow. This is the first time since 2003 that none of the big three are in one or both of the top two spots in the world. I thought that was weird when I looked up uh, that I didn't see any of their names. I was like, huh, that's interesting. So funny you bring that up, wow. It is, man. Great stuff, JB. A little tennis talk for you guys. Hey. What you got for your personal segment, so JB? So for my personal segment, uh, bringing back a little something that I used to talk about or I've talked about in the past called Where in the World? And uh, I believe N.O. mentioned this guy on our last episode. Um, anybody remember a player by the name of Stefan Marbury? I'm sure Steph you guys do. Steph Marbury. So yes, I was like, whatever happened to Stefan Marbury? You know, I know we... Uh, you know, went and played ball overseas, etc. So, yeah, just a little background. School, school us on that one, JB. Stephon Please school Marbury. me on that. Stephon Marbury. Stephon Xavier Marbury. Thank uh, you. Yeah, he was uh, out of Georgia Tech. Was amazing in college. Selected fourth overall in '96 by the Bucks. Really? Traded shortly Ridiculous after. Ridiculous point guard. Ridiculous. Played in the NBA from '96 to '09, which I didn't even realize okay. he played that long. Um, Average for his career, 19.3 points and 7.6 assists a game. Solid, solid. He man. was a two-time All-Star, which that seems, I don't know, like I thought he was more yeah. All-Star more than that. Uh, yeah, and two-time All-NBA player, NBA All-Rookie first team in 97. Played with a lot of teams, Timberwolves, Nets, Suns, Knicks, Celtics. And then in 2010... He took his talents to China. I do remember this. Yes, sir. In China, he was a three-time champion in 2012, 14, and 15. Won a finals MVP over there. Six-time All-Star over there. Um, yeah. He was also, I failed to mention, Mr. New York Basketball in 95. So just a great pedigree. And then, you know, realistically, uh, haven't heard anything about him since. Do you know what he's been doing? What's that? He is actually now the head coach of the Beijing Royal Fighters of the Chinese Basketball hey. Association. Shout out to Steph. Yep. He, Doing his they thing love out this in guy China. over there. 
you know, one big thing that I remember about Stefan Marbury and folks from the neighborhood that I grew up in will remember this. Steph actually had some shoes, JB. Did you know this? I, I vaguely remember that. And vaguely. we're talking about his own shoe brand, the Starberries. We're not talking about like he was Steph Curry and had some Under Armour Steph Curry shoes. He had his own brand. Hmm. Starberries, and they were oh, sold at the Starberries. I do remember JB, that. JB, if I'm not mistaken, they were sold at this store called Stephen Berries, and they cost it like 15 bucks. Bro, I remember yeah. Stephen Berries. I went and got. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I got some nice uh, athletic wear from there back in the day too. That old Starberry. So Steph, he knows what he's doing in the business realm as well, and he does. We definitely yeah, know that so with him. He's been coaching out them in China. since uh, June of 2019. That's um, good stuff, JB. Yes, sir. Good job, Steph. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. JB, so, we got an athlete comparison next. Yeah. Go. You want to kick it off? I'll kick it off. Um, I miss this. And actually, it's funny because, um, again, I'm going to discuss one of the players in my athlete comparison is someone that you mentioned on our last episode. Um, you know, and I always like to make it tough on myself, right? So in our athlete comparison segment, um, we there's only a couple of quite criteria they've got to be of the same you know skill level for them to be compared they don't necessarily have to be the same sport but got to be the same skill level so we're not going to compare peyton manning and rex grossman right oh um, my gosh <laughs> we'll get that got to do with the rex again and um same gender to be fair so i would like to discuss a couple of all-time greats uh from the nfl eric dickerson and from the NBA, David Robinson. Oh, this might be a good one. Let's go, I'm trying to hear this. This is a good one. So let's see, let's start with Eric. Eric Dickerson was 6'3", 220 pounder, running back, uh, 11 seasons with the Rams and of course the Colts. I know you remember that. He still holds a single season rushing record of 2,105 yards in 1984. Also holds the rookie record of 1,808 yards and the playoff record of 284 yards in one game. He was a four-time NFL rushing leader and 86th Offensive Player of the Year. Led the league in touchdowns in 84. He was on the All-Decade team for the 80s and the NFL Top 100 team. He's ninth all-time in rushing with 13,259 yards, 96 total touchdowns, 4.4 yards per carry for his career, seven-time All-Pro in his 11 seasons, and, of course, a Hall of Famer. That was a lot. David Robinson, 7'1", 250-pounder, the Admiral, number one overall pick, 15-year career. He was the 1992 Defensive Player of the Year and 1995 MVP, as you alluded to. A lot of folks forget about that. He did win two NBA titles. I actually think I said 94 on last episode. Did you? So it was 95. Yes, sir. Uh, He won two titles, albeit once Tim Duncan arrived. However, he was an eight-time All-Defensive Player and six-time All-NBA Player. He had a scoring championship one year, a rebounding championship one year, and a block championship all in different years. For his career, 
he averaged 21.1 points, 10.6 boards, and three blocks. JB, this is going to be a tough one. Man, you... to be honest man. with you, this might be the toughest one. Normally, before we go into it, I've got it made up in my mind, and uh, I don't. And I think, you know, I'm gonna pull out. I'm gonna pull out the card that you played the first time, and I'm actually. Oh, he's pulling out the draw card. Draw this one. He's pulling out the draw card. Hey, my one you and only what? allowed. That's I'm. That's I'm never do it again. But uh, I can't pick, man. That's too tough. Yeah, you got two incredible players right there. David Robinson, one of my favorite big men of all times. His face-up game was incredible. And then Eric Dickerson, the things he did, you know, he was not really appreciated in Indianapolis. No, he like wasn't. A lot of players. No, and, um, you know, but, just looking at both these guys for their positions, too, are probably both just outside of our top five lists. I think they're both right. easily top ten. You know, so in between that five and ten range, that point, they're, you know, I mean... The one thing that David Robinson has over Dickerson is he does have an MVP, but right. running backs don't really win that. So it was he and EB had an Good offensive point. player of the year. So I kind of equated that to that. So yeah, I don't like it, but I'm, I'm sticking with my my selection. So what do you got Nicely for yours? Said, JB, JB, we we actually gonna bring a lot of comedy into this one today. Okay, and, um, JB. Um, my athlete comparison is between two animals. Okay. Two animals that we've seen in movies. All right. JB, I'm talking about Airbud versus Bugs Bunny. <laughs> uh, okay. JB. All right. Airbud, the Golden Retriever versus Bugs Bunny. Yeah. We're talking about Airbud, a five sports star rivaling, quite honestly, any multi sport athlete you can think of. Airbud was a solid baseball player. He was also a solid setter in beach volleyball, but Airbud showed his supreme athleticism and wit in basketball, yeah. soccer, and football. JB, on the hardwood, Airbud might be considered a wild and out of control player for obvious reasons, but he also had a great shooting form, especially, well, he had no hands. Generally taking <laughs> shots with his face. He was low to the ground and instinctive, which helped him out a lot. And he got a lot of steals and made those pocket passes that require a low center of gravity. Speaking of the low center of gravity, JB, it helped him in football as well. Like, think about it. How do you tackle an athlete who catches the ball with their mouth yeah. and is that low to the ground and has four legs? That's true. We're talking about change of direction that's incredible, and we can't leave out how Airbud in the game of soccer made a penalty kick and played goalkeeper for the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. JB Airbud, five sports star. Now, let's move over to Bugs Bunny. Mm -hmm. We're talking about baseball Bugs, a guy who played basketball with Michael Jordan in Space Jam, and we're gonna focus on these two sports. Although Bugs played many more, JB. Yes, sir. Did you know that Bugs Bunny single-handedly dominated a team called the Gas House Gorillas oh, in yeah. baseball? He played every position. JB, pitcher, catcher, slugger, <laughs> all in the same game. He brought his team back from JB. Do you remember what the score I was? I think it was 99 to nothing, right? Or they like were that. down 96 to 96 one in to the <laughs> fifth inning. Yes, 96 to one with a barrage of fastball, changeup combos, and a Three of home runs, I'm presuming, like he had a team full of Barry Bonds and Mark mm. McGuire's. 
He didn't, though. It was just Bugs. Yep. Finalizing the comeback with a home run robbery for the ages. Bugs' greatness in Space Jam as well, JB, is more about his recruiting ability mm. than his actual on-court prowess. I mean, getting MJ and the Toon Squad together yeah. so they're not taken over by those nerdy aliens? Come on now. That's a huge feat, JB, especially considering MJ was retired from basketball. Oh, that's I mean, true. Bugs made a couple solid plays during the game versus the Monstars, but I got to give this athlete comparison to Bugs due to his determination, his will to win, and desire to do do whatever it took. Oh, yeah. And he could To speak, save right? Toon World. And he had okay. that mouthpiece on him. Yeah. Bugs gets the win here over Air Bud. I like that. You know, I, I, I can't argue with you, you know, especially because, I mean, Air Bud was a dude, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, how's he playing yeah. on the women's team? I mean, come on. There's something just you know yeah. unsettling about yeah. that. Yeah, I like that selection. Yeah. But yeah, even even though stuff like that happens nowadays, but we ain't gonna get into <laughs> that does. one, dude. We're not gonna get into that one, JB. Uh, we'll save that one for a future show. That's great. Hey, let's oh, keep the man. fun train rolling. Let's let's go with a little bit of sports dichotomy. What do you say? Let's do it. One of our favorite segments coming back. A segment where we're answering every question with a simple yes or no. I've got 12. How many you got, JB? I believe that's what I have, if not right around there. So uh, why don't you kick it off? All right, JB. The first question is, the Tampa Bay Lightning already winning two Stanley Cup championships in a row makes them a dynasty. No. Deshaun Watson continues to have new allegations come out against him. Um, they're talking about maybe 66 different women that he's had uh, with massages and all kind of just different angles. And, um, you know, they say the, the old cliche, where there's smoke, there is fire. Uh, that is true in this case. I'm saying absolutely not. Okay. Trey Lance is more likely to have a breakout season in 2022 than Trevor Lawrence. No. Okay. The Live Golf Tour players should also be allowed to continue to play in the majors of the PGA. Mm, I'm going to say no. Mm. Ethan Horvath will unseat Matt Turner and Zach Steffen as the U.S. Men's National Team number one goalkeeper before <laughs> the World Cup. No. No, nah, he's not. And by and by the way, I wasn't too schooled on that last one you asked. I just said no on some random. Hey, that's fair. You know. Maybe a future segment there. <laughs> uh, World-class yes, young striker Erling Holland being signed by Man City for less than ninety million is actually a steal. I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, it is. If the three-point line was taken out of the NBA, players would still consistently take deep jump shots. No. Okay. Trey Lance does not look natural throwing, according to reports. He will never play a full season as a 49er. I'm going to say no. I like mm. Trey Lance. All right. Wow, we both had him in our uh -huh. early questions. Yes, sir. Wow. Okay. Aaron Donald finally got his contract. Consequently, the Rams will repeat as Super Bowl champs. No. Too tough. Oh. 
Okay. JDR should still be an NFL coach. <laughs> Zero chance. Yes, sir. No. Minor league and MLB umpires are the best now than they've ever been at calling balls and strikes. Mm. No. No, no way. <laughs> the USA's soccer performance against El Salvador, although played on a joke of a field, was inexcusable. Oh, uh, I'm going to give him a free pass. I'm going right. to say no. Australia's win over Peru for the World Cup berth was not a big upset. No, I think it was. Okay. Jimmy Jackson should be more prominent and valued as a broadcaster and announcer. Yes, he's one of my favorites. Easily, top five for me. Mm. The guaranteed money is really all that matters in an NFL contract, which is why players should hold out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick's recent drafts, letting players go and leave and not really signing, and now selecting Matt Patricia as offensive coordinator are showing that his days might be numbered. Mm, yes. George Kittle supports a second bye week for each team in the NFL. JB does too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Duke University hiring a GM to deal with NIL, among other things, shows again why they are ahead of the times. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm going to say yeah on that one. Okay. Yeah. JB is a huge boxing and UFC fan. No, I'm not. <laughs> I N-O, didn't think so. <laughs> N.O. is a top-notch putt-putt player. <laughs> no way. <laughs> N.O. has consistently watched USFL games throughout the season. Yes? Uh, no, JB. Oh, you have Okay. You, that was that, you had to guess on that one. <laughs> I did, I guess. Chris Sims has been revealing his uh, quarterback rankings and actually recently revealed Derek Carr to be higher on his QB list than Kyler Murray. Do you agree? Yes, I'm not a Kyler Murray fan. I know. Having to play an NFL game on a Sunday and then four days later on a Thursday night is beyond disrespectful to the body of an NFL athlete. Yes. Stupid. Uh, the Angels recently losing 14 games in a row after we said they were, you know, going to make the playoffs. <laughs> Good call by us. Uh, oh, man. The craziness of that is like it's similar to, say, the Cincinnati Reds winning 14 in a row this year. Oh, my gosh. You're going to say yes on that one. Come <laughs> on. Come on, Trout and Otani. Y'all got y'all got to do better than that, man. Oh, Come man. on, man. What are they doing? That was, that was my last one, JB. Yep, me too. That's good stuff. Nicely done on the Sports Dichotomy today. All right, JB. What we got? It is time for one of the greatest new segments we have. It's called JB's Justific Justifications. JB Justifications. First, I'm going to ask JB a personal question. Then okay. I'm going to give JB a minute on the clock to justify a situation. And okay. finally, name the athlete. JB, are you ready for JB's Justifications? I, 
<laughs> vocations? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's just, get it. Just the, just the vocations. All, All right. right. JB. JB has a family on the moving trail. Mm. How does JB feel about driving for travel long distances? Uh, I don't feel great, to be honest. It's uh, <laughs> It wears on you. Um, you know, there are days, and some folks know this, that, uh, you know, I will have to drive, and, you know, I try to... Uh, be at home as much as I can. So I'll drive on days that I work. Um, so mm -hmm. it can be grinding. Um, but, you know, it's not, it, it, I kind of look at it like this. It uh, was necessary for the time and it's only for mm -hmm. really, really a three month span. Um, so looking at the end goal and now, you know, the end is in sight. Um, so really only have to make it one other time now uh, by myself. That's kind of probably the hardest part is doing it by yourself. <laughs> um, either coming after a day of work or, you know, going and then having to work afterward. Uh, certainly a challenge, but, you know, I try to stay busy. I listen to podcasts and, you know, listen to, listen to Bible app and all kind of stuff just to keep myself busy. No doubt, JB. Our prayers are with you making that drive. Okay. Thank you, sir. JB's justification question today, and we're going to go back to that Jack Del Rio situation. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Jack Del Rio apologized to his commander's team after comparing reactions and protests from the George Floyd murder to the raid on the U.S. Capitol. He even called the Capitol events a dust up. Ron Rivera said Del Rio's apology was well-received. JB, please justify what well-received means in your opinion in regards to the players and their true feelings about whether they're going to trust Jack Del Rio moving forward. Okay. I'm going to put a minute on the clock and you can justify now. Yeah, I think that that quote-unquote well-received may be... Uh just one of those things that you tell the media considering I'm sure he was forced to apologize um, another thing I didn't touch on was that the Washington team was recently in talks with the city about trying to get funding for a new stadium and oh. after those comments uh, that was pretty much out the window so wow um, <laughs> you know I'm sure Ron Rivera yeah Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio 30 seconds go back a ways and uh coaching and playing and I'm sure he's just saying that to you know save his buddy but in the locker room there's no way I mean these guys especially nowadays uh, there's no way that especially um, seconds. if you have players of color that uh, are yep. they're not going to respect anything he no, says sir. I think that no they're going to be professionals um, but there's no way Top that seconds. you're going to get a whole lot of buy-in moving forward it's just not with somebody of that type of mindset right and 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 good nicely said jb and quite honestly you shouldn't especially with the nature of what's been going on in our world the last few years with the george floyd situation we yep. talk about the elections and all these things and we don't want to get too political on our show but these are real things and they when a coach like jack del rio does that he kind of bridges the gap between sports politics and how everything kind of goes all in one in the grand scheme of things so Yep. Yes, he's well, not going to get by I, the, la the last thing I'll say about it, I'll leave it alone. But um, Jack Del Rio comes from the same philosophy of people who told NBA players to shut up and dribble. 
yet, <laughs> you know, yep. yet they, yep. these folks will come out and say their opinions. So the, the real gist of it is that as long as you agree with what they're talking about, mm. they, uh -oh. will, they uh -oh. will encourage you to speak your mind and use your platform. And I have nothing against people using their platform and, you know, but if that's how he feels, that's how he feels. But yeah. he's... Uh, if you look at his statements, they're not factual. And that's where I really have a problem because it's just continuing to perpetuate that that whole mindset of false, you know, falseness and, and negativity and what have you. JB, that's some good info right there and uh, a great response on that JB's justifications. Well, thank you. Okay. Thank you, sir. Good, okay. good question. All right, who we got? Player, going, player time? Yeah. We Name the athlete, JB. Okay. We're going to finish the show off with this. One of my favorite baseball players of all time. Former MLB star JB was born on Christmas Day in 1958. Okay. A member of the 3000 Hit Club. Okay. Here's the one. I already know you're going to get it after this next one. I'm 100% sure he had 130 stolen bases in 1982. Wow. Is it... Uh... Ricky Henderson? Of course it's Ricky Henderson. Jeez, that's insane. <laughs> he is the top base stealer in MLB history, a member of the 3000 hit club. If Ricky Henderson got on base, man, you might as well. I mean, it's, I'm surprised he hasn't scored the most runs in MLB history. I'm, I wonder where he is on that list. Uh, just judging by the, are you sure the hits that he has. Is he number one on that list too, JB? Uh, I think he might be. I can look it up real quick, but you talk about um, longevity, longevity as well. Um, guy played for what, twenty something years too. It is Ricky Henderson. Yeah, it's Ricky has Henderson. Scored the most run, two thousand two hundred ninety-five. JB. Yeah, thank God he passed Ty uh, Cobb. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. man. But I, but I almost left that off. I'm glad we looked at that. But yeah. Ricky Henderson, man, I love Ricky Henderson, man. Wish he, wish well, he played for the Reds. I do now. I couldn't stand him when uh, he was playing, obviously, because you know <laughs> going against the Reds and stuff. But yeah, uh -huh. that arrogant, all that type of stuff. But I love him now. That's right. Well, um, That's right. hey, another fun show. Thank That's you. That's a wrap. Uh, That's a wrap. Thank you all. We are blessed. Um, they, Folks, continue to listen and comment and give us feedback. And uh, please email us at no.jb.sportspedigree at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up on uh, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We, uh, we certainly appreciate it. We enjoy doing this show for you guys, and we want you to have an excellent week. Talk to you later. Let's go. Sports pedigree on deck. Who's batting? In no NJB is what's happening. Coverage of the NBA, present and past. You probably want to listen to facts. We never mask. Alas, we don't hold back. Articulating them sneaky, important stats and trivia. Shows that the subject matter is well-rounded like a ball is. I see the referee. I'm wondering what the call is. Communicate the pick. I'm going top side. Illuminate that list. Giving you my top five. Acknowledging who's great. Now, your list may have a couple different names, but really, there's no debate. Wait. 
passion, gotta be smooth. On the lookout for sports dichotomy tools. Getting views sounds nice, but the vision is deep. Cause in knowing JB will never put you to sleep. Originality is the key. You pick locks with open up, no nose. It's been concocted. The segments are personal too. Cause a sports podcast without opinion, surely no value. <laughs> we gotta be great. Requesting no favors. World Cup, you wait for tennis majors, NFL trades, and baseball pastime. Consistent on the mic, we don't get no halftime.